What up, world? Pass first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is a very special one. We are joined by former host of this show, current contributor to the Associated Press, and to USA Today's LeBronWire.com, none other than Eric Garcia Gunderson. Eric, how you doing, man? I'm doing all right, man. I'm doing all right. How are you? Oh, I'm living the dream. I'm living the dream. It's it's. Uh, I saw snow yesterday, so it's officially winter, and now it's raining again, so it's officially Portland. So I'm I'm at home. Um, I'm at home in, in my element, and you know, and the Blazers are struggling, which is back in my element too. I'm really. This is a familiar feeling here in late January. I know, I know, I know. Uh, th- this is this is crazy. Uh, I mean, it's just back to normal. Blazers are hurt. It's it's it just feels like deja vu. Uh, you know, we're back to another Portland winter, it seems like, and Dame is out here trying to do the best he can. Yeah, I've been asking uh, all my guests this, so I'll start here with you, is what is your concern level with this team right now? Uh, it, it, You know, it, I'm not that concerned. I, I It's just because I do think Dame is going to play better than he did the other night, and right. he's going to make more shots than he did the other night, and... I I have no expectations for the defense. So like I I don't really I don't know, that's not really uh something that I'm worried about because it hasn't been that great all season. I mean, I do like at times that it does look really good at time, you know, where they didn't ever really look that good on defense last year like as a team. They right. had some nice individual moments. Right, right, right. So yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of with you. Is that I um, I'm a I'm a Dame believer, and I never thought I, I I guess at one point I thought this team could be mediocre on defense, but after the first handful of games, I was like, okay, well maybe they'll do, if they can just get to not terrible, and I'm I've still kind of moved to that point, like not terrible. One thing that they've done recently is that they've they've just been playing a lot of zone. Uh, what do you think? What do you make of the zone defense? Do you do you like it as a strategy, or 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 just what have you seen from it in general? Well, I do like that they're going to it more, and I do like that it's they seem like they're playing in the zone together. I think there are some times when they can get, you know, just like any team playing zone can get a little stagnant and not really be aggressive within their scheme. And I do like the times that they've done it. I do like that they're going more to it because they have trouble protecting the rim. They have trouble getting rebounds sometimes, and it's I, I do like that, and I, I like that it's – that Stotts isn't afraid to go to it more often than he has, I think, in years past because they need to try more stuff because just doing the run-of-the-mill, straight-up pick-and-roll defense, it's not this team's bag, it seems like. You know what I mean? Like, they're just not that great at it. And and I think you you owe it to yourself to do other things, and you see other teams like Toronto, like Indiana, you know, those are the two, or like like, uh, Charlotte even where their coaches will just try some weird stuff and it messes with the other team and it just gets them out of their rhythm. And I think it's, I like that they're doing that more. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's been people who've just said, well, they have to change the way they uh, play pick and rolls. And while I think there's some truth to that, I think the actual solution is like you've, you're suggesting here is just have different stuff. Don't show a team the same thing. If you're bad on defense, don't show them the same bad defense for 48 minutes because NBA, you know, NBA offenses are smart. They're also, 
they got coaches too, as they say. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. They'll, fig- they'll figure it out if you show them the same thing over and over and over again. So I like the zone as a change of pace. I think it helps Ennis Cantor be the best version of himself on defense because he can kind of guard a spot as disposed to like being put in the same pick and roll action a million times. But then they were really bad at it against OKC. Like the zone did not work. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's it's not a solution, but it's... I. I'm with you. Like I like it as a as a why not try something new because something old hasn't been working yet. Yeah, and, and I just think it. I don't think that they like yesterday they, the zone didn't play well against Oklahoma City, but I don't think it was the zone was the reason that they lost to Oklahoma City. You right, know, they like, lost. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I think we both are in agreement there. They just did not show up, and then towards the end when they needed to make all the big shots they like bear like all the big shots that Dame and Carmelo got that you need them to hit to come back which we've seen them do a couple of times this season if they just didn't go in and it's like you have to set yourself up to play perfectly basically and that's you know they yeah they needed three and a half perfect minutes to close the game and Dame missed a shot and Darius Baisley made one and that's that is how you lose I mean it's it's <laughs> a, it's kind of as simple as that but they didn't lose because Darius Baisley made a top of the key three pointer with two and a half minutes left they lost because they sucked for the first forty six minutes in that game and like you said put themselves in sort of a scramble mode mm-hmm. yeah they just had to try so so hard and but I do like like some of the things that we've seen in these last two games like Simon's you know playing better than he has in two years has been <laughs> has been incredible uh frankly i mean that that's been nice i mean his defense still needs a lot of work and you know he gets moved off his spot defensively a lot and i think he can get better there but he offensively they need him to keep doing what he's doing like he he looks he's been looking good out there and uh that's it's the first time we can really say that in a while yeah, let's let's talk a bunch about Amphrey Simons in the second segment. It's in my notes. We'll uh, we'll we'll let's go heavy on Simons because I think he's a big key of what of what is to come with this team. Uh, just looking ahead real quick, sort of staying in big picture stuff is they got a six game road trip coming up, a long a long time away from home, and a lot of time in the hotel under the current NBA conditions at Houston, at Chicago, at Milwaukee, at Philly, at the Knicks, and then at Charlotte before they're back home the second week of February. It's, it is a long road out there. Uh, is there something that could happen? Like what needs to happen on this uh, trip for you to kind of stay where you're at right now, where you're saying, I'm not worried yet because they're okay. Like what, what is sort of a level of production that would keep you there? I mean, if they could win at Houston or maybe get steel win at Chicago, you know, that's two, win- that would be two wins out of five, of six games. Right. I mean, if they could go yeah. three and three, that would be like a miracle for me. Like, like I feel yeah, like I, mean, I feel like they go three and three on this trip with Milwaukee, Philly, New York. I mean, Charlotte also has been pretty good, and Houston's honestly been even better lately. Like, that's not an easy game anymore. Totally, uh, none of these games are easy. Uh, yeah, the, the Hornets and Knicks, which are supposed to be easy, are probably the worst teams on the on the stri- stretch. But they're at the end of the trip, which makes them harder. And the Hornets game is a back to back at the end of a trip, like. Wow. Best both, of both of those games are early as hell too i'm looking at the schedule yeah, 10, right now 1 p.m saturday 1 p.m sunday um 10 a.m local time for us but uh that's it's uh those are different. not those are those, not easy games to close out a road trip no and those are way different than what the blazers are accustomed to playing you know they've been playing most of these games here at home or on the west coast they haven't gone that far away from home at all you know to start the season so like that's going to be disorienting for sure that they're actually going to be on the road uh it is 
Yeah, I mean, I I think if they can split this, like that's like huge. Yeah, uh, that's how I, that's where I'm at too. I think a th- you come back three and three from sort of where they're at, then you're like, okay, let's you just you know keep keep kind of kicking the can down the road. Can we be an average team for a little bit? Definitely, and, and that is something that I think with you know if Dame. And hey, listen, like I'm not I'm glad that Dane was able to see the the birth of his child, but I you know, he might be getting more sleep on the road than he will be at home uh right yeah. now with two with two new kids and having slept in the hospital for three days. And uh, you know, it, who knows? The and also with the road now, it's it's a little obviously it's a little different this year. Like totally. Uh maybe it's you know, it's a little bit easier to to get some W's on the road when you're not playing in stadiums with fans that are going against you. And uh, you know, it's all this neutral side stuff and maybe it kind of creates a, you know, togetherness and I mean, hell, they probably will spend more time together on the road than they will when they are here. Right. Yeah. It's um, you. I mean, you basically can't leave your hotel room. I was thinking that this is a great, a great uh, NBA season for gamers. Like, if you're into video games, you spend a lot of time in the hotel room and you can't leave. I, I feel like the Blazers they lost us on Whiteside and Mario Hazonia. Uh, they yeah. are a little light on gamers this year, which could be an issue. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I do know that that like. And speaking of, you know, we're at go. We're we're gonna go talk more Anthony Simons later. I know that he's a gamer. I know we know that Dame loves to write his music. Um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm sad for CJ that there's no more NFL for him to gamble on because yeah. that was you know that's been something that has been really fun for him. Uh, I'm trying to think of all, all the things that, that you know. Yeah, they've lost some gamers though. You're absolutely right. Yeah, you you really you just need homebodies. That's the secret to building an NBA roster in the pandemic conditions. Is you need you need dudes who are comfortable staying at home. Well, it's a good thing that Carmelo has like his like wine suitcase, so he'll mm-hmm. have a lot of wine for the guys to to indulge at at the hotel. So maybe that is something you know because he he'll bring out the vintages like when they're totally. in like New a six York game City, road trip he's bringing out the heat yeah exactly. oh yeah oh dude yeah he so that that alone is a great reason to have carmelo is that he'll just bring some he's gonna bring some fire on this road trip i guarantee you <laughs> let's let's come back in the second segment and talk about Anthony simons you're itching you're itching to talk about your three ant uh and i'm Let's, I'll deliver on that. You know, I'm I'm not gonna hold you, I'm not gonna hold out on you any longer. But before we get there, I want to tell my readers, my listeners, probably not readers, listeners about BetOnline.ag. If you want to be like CJ McCollum and gamble on professional sports, boy howdy, is are we coming into a fun time of year to do that? The Super Bowl, the big old NFL football game happening in two weeks, a wonderful time to get to an online sports book. And look, the NBA's got games every single day. You can get in on the action every night. And if you're looking to do that, there's only one place we trust and one place that has you covered. That's betonline.ag. You can sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use a promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code Locked On. You'll receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right. Still chatting here with Eric Gunderson of the Associated Press and USA Today's LeBronWire.com. And also a, a, an occasional contributor to the New York Times, America's paper of record. That's right. Eric, we talked. Yeah. yeah that's, I, just I, just, I, just, I just wanted I just wanted to confirm that that is yeah. true. 
I didn't I didn't get that plug in to begin the episode and I felt bad. So <laughs> I, I, wanted, I wanted to make sure I got it here. A contributor to the New York Times, Eric Garcia Gunderson. Uh, we, we talked about sort of big picture stuff, um, but but you're itching to talk about the Blazers. Uh, young guard, Anthony Simons. He's had his he had his best game ever, arguably <laughs> on, on Monday. Um, what have you seen? What are you excited about? Um, Ant, I know that one game is not exactly like a huge turning point, but he did look good. What what have you seen from him? I mean, I like that he's attacking the basket. Uh, I like that he's shooting his threes without hesitation, and that they're going in. Like, let's just frankly, <laughs> like, like I I, I don't want to be, uh, you know, this is the NBA. Like, it's a make or miss league, and if you make your shots, that's good. And for over a year, oh, like for the better part of two years, Anthony Simons was not making his shots. So yeah, that is great for him to be making shots. Is just like that's. What it is, he's making the shots. That dunk he had was sweet. But the dunk is like- the most important play of the game for me because he is going to shoot seventy five percent of his shots coming into that game were three pointers. He just gave up twos, like he was like like for Lent or something. He was just like, cool, <laughs> like I don't take twos anymore. I'll take twos after Easter. Um, I think that's how Lent works. Yeah. Uh, and and. But he he driving to the rim, you know, you leveraging his shooting to get to the rim and finish and use his athleticism in the paint. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Anthony. Uh, you, he has to have more to his game. And I think to me, the dunk was the moment where I was like, yes, dude, like that's that is your ticket to being a good NBA player. Well, that was the first time I was like, oh, that's what they're talking about. <laughs> when all the guys on the Blazers, you know, have been talking about Ant. For the past two years, like he's, right. he has a chance to be special. He's so incredible. Like we see these dunks that the social media team posts on Instagram of like, wow, his head's way above the rim. And wow, like it'd be cool to see that. And like he never would ever do that in a game or ever finish those plays. And it was like it would just be like all these like incompletes. And like finally he is actually finishing these plays on the offensive end. And that is that changes everything for him. And like that makes him the player that everyone has been talking about him being right. You know, like if you can't make shots, then you're not the greatest prospect that Neil Olshay has ever seen. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, and it, and he doesn't do a lot else. Like he's not a good defensive player. He's, he's, he's not, he's a, he's a bad defensive player. Let me just rephrase. And I mean, Emmanuel it. quick, Emmanuel quickly was enjoying being guarded by Ant Simons he for was, the entirety of that game. Like he was, he knew, he knew he had an advantage and he was not afraid to take advantage of it. Yeah. That was, I mean, he, and he like, that was like, he, like he was just so like, even though he, I think Quickly's younger than him, isn't he? Like he just, like, yes, bully, yes. he just bullied him. Like it was like, it was pretty impressive. Like, cause Quickly just looks older than Anthony. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> It's but so, he's only 21 and Ant's 22. I think Ant is a full like 13 months older than him. Yeah. But anyway, I'm glad to see Ant do some of this stuff. Like it is kind of, you know, it has been, we it, the hype has been there for two years now. Mm-hmm. And maybe if now it, if I, like I was talking to a buddy of mine the other day who is a scout and he's like, yeah, man, like I, nobody saw this like whole Simon's being terrible thing coming. Like everyone thought like you, like, most of the scouts, like, I weren't maybe they weren't saying like Neil Olshay was saying, like he's the greatest, most talented guy they've ever seen. But most people were like, it, like a lot of these scouts were like, yeah, damn, like this kid's probably gonna be really good, and like or at least an NBA player. And yeah, I don't think and he wasn't like, even an NBA player. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I mean, it's the the bar was set unreasonably high, and now that it's sort of come 
back down to like, can this dude contribute? He's seeming to get there. Um, obviously, one game a career does not make. But um, or, yeah, I guess two. I'll give him. I'll give him the Knicks game, even though quickly gave him thirty-one. Yeah, like, and he, only he, had three, he, he only had three in the second half, but he was good. He was really good in the first half for sure. Yeah, like okay, that was his best first half in God knows how long. Like, I mean, long yeah, like I feel like that was the start, and maybe maybe it was the practices that helped. I mean, everyone's talking about it. It's not you know a you know a new theory out there in Blazer Twitter land, right? But it. It is true that like this team wasn't practicing. They got a chance to practice, and especially without Nurk and CJ, they really had to learn some new things. Uh, I mean, can I talk about Derek Jones Jr. a little bit? You can, t- yeah. Let's talk about it because I do love this little wrinkle uh, that they're making him the screener and and making him do some short roll stuff and making him do the lob and and i like that like and him diving to the rim because like that's a real lob threat like yeah it's vertical spacing as they call it you know when he when he's coming down the lane after with a full head of steam you have to pull in and help like he he draws attention just by going to the rim hard and the blazers don't have a lot of other built-in cuts to their offense so just him as a as a flashing into space is really valuable i mean they're a pretty shitty rim team Yes. Like like that like like they're like they have been like Dame is the best rim player that they have. And then like and that's insane. Like because Nurk hasn't been good around the rim. Uh Ennis is really good, but he's a different type of player. Yeah, he he's more of a wide, you know, uses his his width and his strength to create those spaces. But like yeah, having Derek Jones Jr. just as another dimension. And then, hey, like, if Derek Jones Jr. is crashing there and Cantor's in the game, then, like, you know, it's double uh-oh for the defense. If Derek Jones Jr. is crashing and Cantor's there for the offensive board, like, then everyone's crashing and you can create a lot of really good opportunities on the weak side if if the defense crashes like they're supposed to. Like, there's – I love that kind of that that wrinkle with Derek Jones and if Cantor's in the game as well. But I, I have seen them using that more when Cantor's not in the game. Right. Yeah. Yeah. When they have space in the lane, um, when, because in theory that uh, Giles isn't going to be parked there or if they're going small, then they're they got more guys around the perimeter. Yeah. They haven't used it as much when when Ennis is in there. But yeah, it's um, it's funny. Like I've joked a bunch on this podcast that like the only thing coaches do is decide who's in the game. But it's it's funny when you give Terry a full five days like there were just obvious changes. Like he just did some coaching. I know. I know. It was like he did some things and yeah, no, I mean the, honestly, like it, you know, the, the Memphis games cancellation really, or postponement really worked out for them. Like they, they, it came at the exact perfect time because it both gave CJ and Nurk an extra week to recover with no games, but it also gave them chance to coach and chances to change some things. And I think their defense, like, I mean, the zone, we talked about but i thought that some of their like their help i just think even though their defense is 25th it looks better doesn't it yeah i mean i'm like, i'm hard pressed to say that after okc but i thought they were more engaged um against new york in terms of just like what they're trying to do is just be they got to be more attentive on the weak side and it's hard to it's hard to help and then trust the other guy to help if if you don't if you haven't executed on the practice court, like you just, or in the games, you know, it's just like, it's hard to watch film and be like, okay, dog, next time I'll be there. Like, it's just, it's, it's hard to implement that. Yeah. But now I think they're, I do think they're doing a better job of it and that they're just do way better on the weak side. They're helping the helper. 
it's just it's just so much I think there's just a lot more connection and it, yes there are weak links and yes there it you know leads to they have a lot of breakdowns but like yeah I do think that in general I think the way they're um oh this is so millennial of me but their intention seems to be much <laughs> their intention seems to be much more visible this season on defense well, um, to quote another millennial philosopher, it's about impact over intention. Eric. Okay, okay, okay. Wow. <laughs> uh, let's let's come back in the third segment, and I want to talk to you about um, improving this roster. They have some. They don't have a lot of ways to do it, but they. I want to just get your opinion on on if upgrades are needed. But okay. before we get there. I'm tell my listeners about Built Bar. Y'all know Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. If you don't know Built Bar, let me tell you right now, it is the best tasting protein bar ever. Comes in 18 amazing flavors like coconut almond, raspberry, banana bread, mint brownie, carrot cake, toffee almond, coconut, peanut butter brownie. All those bars covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They got that candy bar-like texture. If you are someone who's dabbled in the protein bar world before you know some of them are dry and gross and jockey you don't you're not going to get that with built bar you're going to get delicious bars and if the deliciousness doesn't sell you let me tell you all of them are low calorie low sugar high protein and high fiber take for instance coconut almond that's 18 grams of protein 180 calories five grams of sugar and just five grams of net carbs so go get your hands on some of these go to builtbar.com Use a promo code locked on. You'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You're still listening to Locked On Blazers, and we're still here chatting with Eric Garcia Gunderson, contributor to the Associated Press, editor and writer at USA Today's LeBronWire.com, and an occasional contributor to the New York Times, America's paper of record. Eric, we talked about the big picture stuff with your concern levels with the Blazers. We talked about Anthony Simons, a couple new wrinkles you've liked from Derek Jones Jr. But I got to ask you, is does this team need an upgrade? Do they need someone outside the roster to come in and help? <sighs> I mean, I yes, they do, but they, they're not going to do it. So I'm yeah, not going to. Okay, okay. I was going to get there. They're not going to do it for sure. But let's, so, let's so, so that's where I, that's where I end up. So no, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you know that they're, if they do do it, they're going to do it in March once a month from now, right? Like they're going to wait until the second half of the season when it's clear, okay, this is our situation. We're in ninth place. We want to get to seventh or whatever it is. Uh, but, but I, I agree with you. They're not going to do anything, but let's, let's knowing we both know how Neil does business, right? Like we've both, we've covered, we've been around the team for nearly a decade, which I didn't mean to say to make you feel old, but <laughs> that's, uh, that's how long you've been in the blazer media game. Mm -hmm. My good friend. I know. Um, uh, but if, if they were to make an upgrade, do you see it as more pressing as a guard ball handler type, or do you want them to upgrade the front line and try to add, um, more depth at that spot? I mean, I, I I lean more towards the ball handling, and, okay. and uh, I I I know that Cantor's defense leaves a lot to be desired, and and Giles gives up a lot of size. Right. Uh, you know, those are both real concerns. I I mean, I guess with Simons, it's less so about the the guards because Simons has been better, and that was my main reason why. I did not. I, I the main reason why I wanted them to pursue another guard. 
I feel like if if everyone's healthy, like if Hood is fine and and Derek Jones Jr. is fine, I think their wing situation's kind of okay. Yeah, uh, which is a weird thing to say about this team. I know, I know. I, I guess yeah, the big man situation is a concern, but I I don't necessarily know. Like, okay, I know that Covington's in the concussion protocol, but like, I just don't wonder why you wouldn't just go with more of that. Right. Like when he's healthy. I think they're a little worried about rebounding. Uh, honestly, I think that's the, the thing is that Stotts has always, his best teams have always been elite defensive rebounding teams. And I think mm-hmm. he's worried that they're not going to force enough turnovers when they go small to offset it. And they're going to get crushed on the boards. Like that's, that's my read on why he doesn't do it more often. Well then, yeah. Well then, you know, if, if that's how they feel, I mean, I, I, I definitely think that they should, they've always needed rebounding and also they've been a great offensive rebounding team when Stotts' teams have been good as well. And obviously right. Cantor does that well. But yeah, they're undersized against most teams going with the Covington at five situation. But I don't know. I I, I feel like it's he could still they could still box out. But yeah, the rest of the guys you'd have to count on everybody else to team rebound, and these guys have not really done a they haven't done a consistent job of being like all five positions being good at team rebounding. Right. They've yeah. all, they because last year it was like Hassan Whiteside gets the rebound or no. Or no rebound. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, or or uh, only uncontested rebounds for for Mello, not, who's Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Exactly. Right. He's the only guy that can get uncontested rebounds. And and <laughs> yeah. I my my when I view this roster, I actually do. I I would say that for me, they I would rather add help on the front line than at guard, um, which I don't think is shared by most people. I think you have the more. Um, I've heard more people in your boat, so maybe I'm wrong. Is what I'm, <laughs> after no, weeks, I, of, yeah, weeks I, of making this argument, maybe I'm the one who's wrong. But my thing is like, um, you're going to play Dame 36 minutes, so you're talking about 12 minutes of NBA basketball where you need a real guard. And sure, mm-hmm. against the, at the end of the game against the Knicks, not having a secondary ball handler was almost the thing that cost them the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like I totally get it. Like I don't I don't think that's not an issue. I just think. Um, I think it would be easier to sign a dude off the street who is a little bit better than Harry Giles than it would be to sign a dude who's a little bit better than Anthony Simons, I think is basically where I come, is where I land. Well, yeah, um, I, I do think some of the Giles uh, fun from the preseason has worn off. and He's, he's more potential than production. And uh, the Blazers, while potential is always tantalizing, the Blazers need production. Like they don't need him to be have tools and not be good. They just need him to be good. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally see that. And uh, I mean, I do think that he I still think he deserves a shot. Like, I, okay, I think yeah. I, I think he deserves at least a little a little a couple more games. But because I do think that his one thing that I feel like has been underutilized and it's a it's a byproduct of the guys that he's playing with. But I feel like ever since he's been on this second unit, I haven't seen him run a single dribble handoff. Like run the run the offense through him a couple times. What like, the hell? Like, what the like hell? He, he just does. So like, I think part of the fact that he's not producing is the fact that he doesn't ever touch the ball. And it's like he <laughs> would be a great guy to get in dribble handoffs with Ant, with Trent, with Mello, with God, whoever is out there, or Hood, and and he can make a play maybe, and he you could open up some movement so he could get he could dribble to the rim because he's yeah. not gonna back somebody down. You know what no. I mean? Like he's gonna face guys up or do a dribble handoff caper, and like and we haven't seen him do that at all. And like yeah, it's it has it's been great really to see Simon. It's been really great to see Simon's blossom, 
But the fact of the matter is, with Simons and Mello and Gary Trent Jr., all three of those guys are looking for their own shot at all times. Yeah, none of those dudes want to pass. And I feel like the second unit's big problem is sometimes that when the shots don't go in, and they're not always going to go in, is that it just stagnates. And it's like, okay, Gary, you go. Okay, Mello, you go. Okay, Ant, you go. I mean, what does it say about that unit that I'm pretty sure Mello's the best passer? Yeah, I know. It's unbelievable. Like Mello, Mello is the best passer on that second unit, and that is bad. And like, I think part of it is because they just don't ever give Harry Giles the chance to touch the ball. Yeah, they gotta, they need, like, I, I feel like what Stotts has generally been good at is saying, okay, here's what you do well. Let's see if you can do it. And Harry just hasn't, maybe it's just limited role. And, and like you said, who he plays with, like, it's like, do you really take the, do you really, um, when you need points, do you really say, hey, Harry, can you get us into something? Like, I understand the, the concern there, but, um, I'm surprised that we haven't seen him run stuff. I'm surprised we ha- they haven't run a horn set where he catches the ball at the elbow and turns and faces and and is allowed to make reads and then run and dribble handoff or throw to a guy cutting back door or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah that's that, those are the Mason Plumley plays. Where where exactly. where are the Mason Plumley plays for Harry Giles? Like that is is something that I want to see because he's way more dynamic than Mason Plumley. Like like yeah, let's. We'll have to get stats on this. We'll just have to grill him on Zoom, Zoom about Mason Plumley's Mason Plumley actions for Harry G. Yeah, that's this is what they're the second unit is busy. I mean, I just think it would just be nice for them because Harry doesn't have to finish every play, but it'd just be nice for them to do something else on that right, unit exactly. where it's right. not just like a one-on-one thing. It's the same thing as the zone defense. A hundred percent. Just more variety makes you harder to guard. Exactly. I yeah. can't believe we came to agreement here when we were disagreeing about whether they needed a point guard or a center. We we just agreed that, that we just want we just want more Harry. Everyone just yeah, yeah yeah more more Harry actions. We yeah. need it. It's, it's listen. This is from a Chapel Hill native, so you know it's real, y'all. Uh, yeah, I knew it hurt. It, it hurt. It hurt. It hurt you to bring that one up, and and also like, to bring up the Mason Plumley one as well. I mean, yeah, listen, back to back Dukies, just oof. I uh, I when um. When they signed Rodney Hood uh, initially, I, t- I sent Neil a text. It was just like, too many Duke guys. <laughs> like, like, here's, my, here's my analysis. There's too many, you got too many Duke guys on the team. <laughs> he, 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 he laughed, but um, then he got more Duke guys. He's, he has since doubled down. Um, so what, what am I going to do? Eric, um, if people are looking for more of your work, Blazers or otherwise, where can they find it? You can find me right now. I'm writing a lot at lebronwire.usatoday.com where I'm covering LeBron and the Lakers and clutch sports. Uh, so lots of stuff that I'm doing. Also writing occasionally at Blazer Banter, not as much as I would like, but it's a free newsletter. You can sign up, blazerbanter.substack.com. And you can hear my podcast with Sean Hyken, Bulls versus Blazers. We do a free pod once a week, and then we also do a premium pod that is available on Patreon, patreon.com slash bulls versus blazers. And that is where you can get our premium pod that we do every week as well for $3 a month. So you get double the content. Wow. That's Eric's got a lot of stuff for y'all. Um, longtime listeners will recognize his voice as the former host of this podcast. And well, he's, he's stepped away from these duties. He has not stepped out of the NBA media world. He's stepped into it even further. The man is knee deep. Uh, He's got his waiters on and he's 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 really making it happen. Eric, thank you so much for taking some time to chat with us. It's always a ton of fun. We'll have to do it again in the future. 
it's always fun to come back to Lockdown Blazers and always fun to talk with you, uh, Mike. Excuse me. I don't know why I said Sean. Jesus Christ. Mike. Well, it's, I'm, we're not too dissimilar in the Well, you, you guys are the, I mean, you guys are the only people I talk to outside of the people in my life. So, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm on podcasts and then I'm talking to people like my family and my wife. And then that's, yeah. you know. There you go. So um, that's, so I'm sorry, but uh, it's just because I talk to Sean a lot. But anyway, yeah. And Sean is my co host of Bulls vs. Blazers. But Mike, thank you so much for having me like it was awesome to come back and chat and it was fun chatting blazers with you as always indeed do me a favor dear listeners tell your friends about this podcast tell them they can get wherever they already get podcasts just search locked on blazers we'll be there waiting for you we've got more shows coming this week as the blazers play the houston rockets on thursday so check your feeds for a show after that one appreciate you listening talk to you soon (laughs) 